0: And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks.
1: Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley, And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of The Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself,
0: you got to know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, um, Welcome back. All right, so we're going to do part three and final part of in-laws only because we still have so many questions about it. But I would also like to say for the record, not everyone's in a relationship. I know that not all these episodes have worked for you. And I am sorry if we've had a rough July getting through them. (laughs) August, we'll be back for lots of episodes about those not partnered. Well, also, I think that you can take
1: some of the things that we talk about and apply it to multiple types of relationships. Yes,
0: or. Or you can be a fucking know-it-all to your friends who are in relationships.
1: And be like, listen, I heard this thing that you should say to your mother-in-law. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Well, I personally like to be a know-it-all.
0: Right. Isn't it the best? (laughs) The best. (laughs) The best. Really gets you through the day. So I think there's been a lot of conversations about setting boundaries of how to relate, of how to figure this out. We're going to go through some of these last questions today. But the number one thing I want you to think about is like, it's been a lot of focus on other people. How were you yourself also operating within the relationship Are you being compassionate, curious, loving, kind, empathetic, understanding, benefit of the doubt to your in-laws back? Because it's really easy to talk about what other people are doing and much harder to look at ourselves.
1: And I think uh, stemming from (laughs) us posting these last few episodes, we had a lot of mother-in-laws write in.
0: Some people were pissed. People were pissed. So, so we got some messages from some mother in-laws being like, well, what about the daughter-in-laws, right? Like, the ironic part is that, like, well, you're missing it, right? If you only heard one part of it. But, like, I get it. But, like, we're still in our 30s and we're yeah. millennials and that's what we're talking to. But this is a complex, nuanced conversation that's very triggering. And what do we always say?
1: Relationships are about relating. <laughs> Yes. And that it takes two to tango. I know. Let's talk about Nikki's mom.
0: <laughs> like the Nikki's sh- mom. is so sweet. Sweetest person. We won't name her. Um, but like Nikki, if you know, is our wonderful producer and our head of operations for the therapy group. And her mother, who, first of all, is a goddess, the sweetest woman in the world. a in woman. Invited us over to her pool multiple times. She was like, oh, my friends listen to your episodes because it helps us relate to our kids better. And what a cool way to go outside your comfort zone to understand those in your life better. Like, I really think that there's something so beautiful to them doing that. Also, I'm sure Nikki's mom is repping as hard as hell.
1: Yeah, 100 (laughs) percent. She's so sweet. But I also think there's something to be said about, you know, I, I think so often you hear people who, you know, are middle-aged are saying like, oh, well, I'm just like this. I'm not going to change, right? And so to hear the fact that there's still this, like, I want to understand my kids at these different stages or like, I want to keep learning about myself and how I, you know, can work on myself so that it alters our relationship. I think that's such a beautiful thing to be
0: able to do. And hard. And hard. As I'm in my Know Yourself, Grow Yourself sweatshirt. Right. Listen,
1: <laughs> how comfortable are you?
0: I'm so comfortable, but I'm uncomfortable in sitting in my feelings. Wow. <laughs> and so what do you do with that? The sweatshirt's comfortable, the feelings are not.
1: And so just we just avoid
0: them at all costs, right? We should make that a sweatshirt. This sweatshirt is comfortable, my feelings are not. Oh,
1: I love that. <laughs> Someone's going to take it from us now. We better make that quick. That is so
0: good. So when you talk about like sitting in discomfort, like that's what a lot of these interactions are. It's a lot of our interactions with family members, with in laws, with partners, with bosses and coworkers, right? With fam- with friends, with it- your na- weird neighbor next door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. I mean, that's a thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, it pushes you to figure out how to regulate your emotions in a way that really allows you to to function in these relationships, mm. right? And we hate sitting in discomfort. It doesn't feel good, but to know that those feelings are fleeting, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you manage those emotions when they come up? So should we get into some more questions? All right, you're up. Give me, pick your first one. In-laws use guilt, sharing their disappointment as a manipulation tactic. Help.
0: Mm. Jen, something I have heard you say before is you can only be manipulated if you allow yourself to be manipulated. Somebody can give you a guilt trip and you don't have to go on it. You can say, no, thanks. I'm not getting on board. So I think you have to say like, so it comes up this feelings of like guilt. And like, we know exactly what you're talking about for the record. Both of us Uh, have experienced uh, this. (laughs) I am immune to guilt at this point. Yes, you really are, right? I'm a little bit different, but both of us know exactly what you're talking about. And it sucks. It's uncomfortable. It feels shitty. It's very internal. You feel it bad. You feel shame. There's all this like fucking hurricane of yucky inside you. And... You can also disconnect from that to say, wow, here they go with the guilt trip. I am not getting aboard this time. I'm going to take a flight to a different, more relaxed place and not get on this flight.
1: <laughs> I have to say also, I think it's, it's extra challenging when you haven't grown up in a family that uses guilt, <laughs> right? You're not used to it. And so... You know, I don't want to speak for you, Em, but I assume we're on the same page with this. We both (laughs) grew up in families that did use guilt as a way in which to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. And so you learn over time, as you start to set boundaries with people, that you get to say, okay, this this guilt trip is about them, right? Like they're struggling with something and they don't know how to communicate that to me in a more vulnerable way. Instead of saying to you, hey, I really love spending time with you. I had such a good time. Can we make a plan for next time? They're saying, well, you never come around. I never get to see (laughs) you, right? That like, underneath that is them wanting to spend more time with you, but not feeling safe enough to be vulnerable with you to say how much they love spending time with you. Mm -hmm. Instead of risk you saying back to them, I don't want to, I'm not coming next weekend and feel rejected. They're instead using a guilt trip manipulation tactic in order to protect themselves from the possibility of getting hurt and them trying to get what they want. Mm-hmm. and so for you to depersonalize that i think is really important something that we have really built up
0: for ourselves depersonalizing guilt but it is it's really hard so hard. um when it's said to you right when they say, and you, so you said something really interesting Is like sometimes there's not emotional safety and i think that's definitely part of it i agree with you 100 and i would add on some people simply have no skills right. and like I am saying that, like, it's really easy. Sometimes, Jen and I, say, a conversation we've had is, like, sometimes we're like, this is so boring. How can people still listen to this show? But then I'm like, oh, like, sometimes we start at motherfucking, not even just zero. We're starting at negative fucking 100. Yeah. And so <laughs> when you're starting at negative, sometimes it has nothing to do with emotional safety. Sometimes it's like people have had never had healthy communication in their entire life. And if that's the family you come from and if that's the family your spouse comes from, you have Got to have little to no expectations. It doesn't mean you can't have hope and desire and fantasies, but you have to have little to no expectations. I think too. On top,
1: and I agree with everything you say. And uh, we're just gonna keep adding to this, and this will just be to one. It's a piggyback question. Off of that. To piggyback, that sometimes not only do they not have the skills to communicate it, they don't even know how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't even know that they want that connection or that they're sad that you're leaving or that whatever it is. So on the very bottom layer of it, sometimes they don't even know they're feeling that way enough to be able to say, I want to spend more time with you or enough to be. It's just coming. It's a reaction, right? It's a reaction to a feeling that they don't even know they're having.
0: Oh, and that leads us into a really good other question we got which is tips to handle your own emotional regulation when dealing with emotionally dysregulated in-laws. And so that is a perfect segue in because... You're sitting here and you try to talk yourself down. You're like, okay, Emily and Jed said to detach. Okay, <laughs> hold on to myself. Don't get, don't board the plane, right? Like like release or release. And then you have in-laws that are totally fucking dysregulated. And you're like, oh my God, I am trying to ground myself for dear life. And holy shit, it is like holding on during a Tur- Or turbulence. Use that. I yes, like the, yes. l-
1: the airplane situation. Yes, let's keep going
0: with that, right? So you're yeah. sitting there. Turbulence is fucking going. You're uh-huh. holding on. And you're like, how the hell am I supposed to stay calm when everyone else isn't? And sometimes when you talk about tips for how to stay regulated, walk away, go to a different room. I have to use the bathroom. I have diarrhea. I have to go outside and have a cigarette, even if I don't fucking smoke. Right. Like sometimes you need to actually physically leave the energy of the room to contain and regulate yourself. There is nothing wrong with that. It is. I think sometimes we have this just un- realistic expectation of ourselves that we should be able to handle anything at all times. And it is impossible to stay calm in a complete fucking crazy situation that you're dealing with. I think noticing too how
1: it's affecting you in the moment, right? It might take some time for you to really get in tune with what is it like for me? And what is my tolerance level here? At what point am I reaching my you know, threshold for this? So that as soon as you get to that point, you have come up with all of these things that you can say in order to physically and emotionally separate yourself. Mm-hmm. So really being in tune with yourself in those moments. And you know, I I've had this experience before where like you can be in a situation where your tolerance level is at one point. And then if you're with different people, your tolerance level, your threshold might be much lower. Mm-hmm. So Gauge what your tolerance level or your threshold is, which with each. Group of people, in order for you to be more connected to yourself in those moments,
0: mm-hmm. to be able to set those boundaries. And I think another tip you could do is to have a good visualization exercise. You can visualize you are straight up boy in the plastic bubble. You have a you have a bubble around you, and you have a bubble around your in laws, and they do not need to penetrate one another. Right. So, like, this is a good time to like actually Jen's laughing because I said penetration, uh, penetration. <laughs> I'm five years old. But like I do think that I do think visualization is incredibly helpful in a situation like this. I have to actually visualize it not touching and not combining.
1: You know what I was also giggling about is like, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever seen Boy, the plastic bubble? That's sport. No, but I oh the sport where they're the like sport where they're all in bubbles and I think they're playing soccer.
0: Yeah. It's or some, something yeah, and they yeah, bounce uh-huh.
1: off each other and they just like fly.
0: Down that the actually field. would be really fun. I think it might be a really good. We
1: should do that and turn it into some sort of metaphor, real
0: allegory. Well, a- apparently, to exist in this world, you now have to make fucking reels and videos. It so is. I guess we'll have to. And can we just validate the fact that making reels is so difficult? This is so hard. <gasps> I don't. I'm. You're so old. I don't. I don't. I am. I feel like I am 22. And then they tell you you got a mouth to some words and you, are, what the fuck? Oh, I can't do that mouthing. It's very hard. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and hungry what will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper, chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash shrink chicks to get forty percent off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash shrink chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. How to manage feelings of dislike towards reals. Oh, just kidding. It says how to manage feelings of dislike towards in-laws. <laughs> okay. So what you have to know is like, it's okay to dislike people. Like you don't need to like everyone. And, and this is like, it doesn't mean disliking someone does not mean you have to be disrespectful. Doesn't mean you can't spend time with them. Doesn't mean that you can't relate to them. You do not have to manage feelings of dislike. You have to look at it, be curious, be compassionate. And then move forward with it. I think this is where our expectations too come
1: in because we have such a resistance to disliking our in-laws, right? I'm not supposed to dislike my in-laws. And this is bad that I dislike my in-laws. And so we resist a lot of our emotions that come up there as opposed to just saying, hey, listen, these people aren't my cup of tea. And that's okay. It's okay for me to say that. And it's okay for me to Mm. alter my expectations around my relationship with my in-laws. And when you can accept that and accept the emotions, sometimes they become a little lighter. Right. And you can manage them in a different way, as opposed to saying, I'm not supposed to feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. I have to act, you know, like I'm happy every time I'm going to my in-laws where, but you can be respectful and you can be understanding and you can learn to set boundaries in those moments to protect your peace.
0: Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. Next Mm -hmm. one. Okay. I, I have one for you, Jen. Oh, shit. How to deal with guilt when they are toxic but are getting older. Oof. And I'm asking because I know your husband will never listen to this. Never. And I know that that is something that has come up in your life. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that all in all,
1: even if someone's getting older, even if they are um, struggling with something, no one can treat you in a way that is disrespectful and toxic towards you. And so even if the your in-laws are getting older and they're struggling, they're still you still deserve to be treated with respect and you can have you can struggle with your relationship towards them, but you very much are allowed to set boundaries in that relationship and say, "Hey, listen, I know you're struggling. I know you're unhappy. You are not allowed to talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still allowed to say, hey, I can't, you know, run to your beck and call. I'm doing this. I will be there at this time. Mm-hmm. So I think that some of the things that come up is like, okay, part of me feels really bad that they're struggling and they can't take care of themselves. And, you know, the empathetic part of me that like understands you, that you're a human being and that this must be really hard for you and that you have no one else to take care of you makes me want to drop all those boundaries and say, I'm just going to ignore the fact that they're talking down to me or yelling at me, whatever. But I think you can have a balance of, like, I'm a human being. I can empathize with your situation. But at the same time, I also have to take care of myself, and I have to set boundaries for myself and say what's not okay in our relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. So then can I – I have another good one I want to ask you. I'm ready. Cause I will have probably a different feeling about this. Hold on. Okay. okay tell me. Vacationing with in-laws and kids when you don't have kids. Oh. It's a lot and it doesn't feel like a vacation. <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell people when you go on vacation and there's kids, you're not going on vacation. You're just parent you're parenting or or in a just a different zip code. Yeah. <laughs> You're just in a different zip code.
1: I was talking to someone recently that was on vacation and they had, you know, their kids were really young. And I was like, oh, how was vacation? They were like, I have
0: children. <laughs> there wasn't even an answer. But when you don't have kids and you're in the same house, it can feel exactly the same. Like, holy shit, Like, I actually lost more of my independence on this trip than I had back at home.
1: So, you know, I'm putting myself in that position. I'm, I have not been in that position, but I assume I will be you at some come point on vacation with me? Uh, I'll come on vacation with you. You know, it's going to happen at some point. But yeah. the thing that I make sure to do is be very clear about my, once again, thresholds um, in those situations that I don't pretend like I'm able to take on more than I can, right? Where like every time I see your daughter, I want to play with her. I am in it. And she's clearly in it too. You have reached your breaking point at that point. You're (laughs) like, please take take up. But I think I wonder if that's sometimes what happens is that like parents have been at at their breaking point and you come in, you have not seen their child and you're like, oh, I can't wait to play with them, like connect with them. And so the parents just kind of like let you take it, right? Yeah, we're so tired. They're like, please, please. And so you have to be very clear about like when you
0: also reach that point where you're like okay I'm done here yeah you don't have to say yes to everything You right. like you can walk away like you can say like all right well Aunt Jen is like taking her break now go back to mommy right like yeah. but it it is such an interesting thing right like let's talk about how we had a party here two weeks ago uh-huh and so I hired of course hire a sitter for the party because I'm smart she and is. I would recommend you hire more sitters if you were in a place and you were financially able to Or ask your friends to fucking go in. Like, that is such a nice gift to give a friend. Yes. Money for babysitters. It is so hard and it's such a thing if you were ever looking for a gift for a friend give them money for a babysitter and is there kids. like
1: a like a care.com can you do like i'm sure there's like care.com or something where you just yeah, ha- hand them, them
0: <laughs> hand them some cash <laughs> yeah yeah we're saying yeah like, can i pay for a babysitter like you know during this event so we that's can really good. spend time together but um okay so the babysitter wasn't there yet you're helping me set up nikki's there we have a uh, wonderful natalia came in from California. I walk in I mean I was outside outside for probably 60 seconds setting yeah. up one table. Yeah. And I walk in and what do you hear? <laughs> Millie. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> she was like, "Oh my god, Millie." And so I I like turning the corner. Millie has Covered herself in suntan lotion.
0: Just she loves suntan lotion. Completely covered, and I took a bottle of Supergoop uh, uh, and just—I mean, white does it go? And Supergoop, that is expensive suntan lotion. She couldn't have taken the shitty right, banana. Right. No,
1: went right for Sue. She knows. She knows what's up, and so I am dying laughing. <laughs> Did you feel the same? Were you laughing, or are you like stressed in those moments because it's your dog? Like from my perspective, I'm like that is the funniest thing I have ever.
0: It was was more like there was just so much. I was like, how do I even get this off? And then she started as soon as she saw me. She starts running right. She's like, no. She's like, what? And then she runs. I'm like, stop touching everything. Right. Like you know, like before you're having a party, you like try to keep your house semi clean. And I just have a ball of suntan lotion running yeah, towards everything. a literal so, ball. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. So what? here's what happened next, though. I was overwhelmed. I got her cleaned up. And the second it happened, Natalia came in. And Natalia was like, all right, Millie, you and I are going to chase together. And she came right in. She's an aunt. She has child free herself. She knew in that moment. And so here's what I think. I know that it's hard, but look around and be like a little bit more aware of like, what is really needed to help and then to say to yourself like this is like sometimes we do shit because it's good service yes not everything about life is happy and joy and pleasure like Mm -hmm. sometimes like when we really think about and this is one of the largest issues with like a very like americanized like individualistic idea is like we need to think about the greater good sometimes
1: I think on vacation too, we love to say, oh, I'm going on vacation, everything's gonna be wonderful. When is every single part of your vacation wonderful? <laughs> I know. We like it's so true, like what the expectations There's are. Always, there is always something, right? And and I think this is this is normalizing for me right in this moment, even just having this conversation. And I can't imagine that it wouldn't be normalizing for other people that like. No matter what, when you go on vacation, there are going to be things that, you know, even if you're not going with kids, there's going to be things that don't work out where maybe your partner wants to do one thing, you want to do another. Maybe it rains for however many days. You know, maybe the food is terrible. Maybe someone got Montezuma's plague. (laughs) (laughs) Shit their brains out. Is that what it's called? That's like when you drink the water
0: in Mexico? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, okay. you know, so, so there's, there is always, there's always things that come up. Once again, I know, you know, I'm a broken record with expectations, but it's another thing to manage your expectations when you go on vacation. Of course, there are going to be so many parts of that vacation that will be a break for you, Yeah, but it will not be a hundred percent. That's just part of living. And that's just part of the shit that comes up.
0: Yeah. I like this question. I'm interested. We haven't answered anything like this before. Okay. Um, How to handle resentment when in-laws noticeably favor one of their children and is not your spouse? Mm. One of these things. I'm wondering what it what it brings up for you. Yeah. Right. Like to be married to the non favorite child and what you feel like it says about you, and the feelings you have within your own house and parents. It is of course difficult to feel like we are watching someone we dearly love be treated less than but sometimes we talk about this for like sometimes being the favorite child is not it's all like wrapped up to be like we have talked about this that like sometimes that is like actually not the best role in a family there's a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and they're often very enmeshed right like so like just because like something can feel unfair to you i would have a conversation directly with your spouse and ask how they feel about it That's exactly what I was going to say, is that I'm wondering, is it affecting your
1: spouse, right? Like, is this something that's even, you know, an issue for your spouse? If it is, right, let's say you are, because we don't have more context to this question, of course. If it is something that's affecting your spouse, right, then it's a conversation. I think the two of you can have a conversation within your relationship. How does that get brought into your relationship? how do you want to talk about it when you are with your in-laws? But if it's something where your spouse is like, nah, it doesn't really bother me. I think it's a question to ask yourself. What is it mm. bringing up for you, right? To really gauge where is this coming up? Is it coming up for me or is it coming up for my spouse? And I love my spouse and it pains me to see them have this experience. And how do we talk through this together? So I think that that's a big question of like, where is this coming from Mm, for you? I like that. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P R O S dot com slash OK, how to navigate my parents saying you're choosing the in-laws
0: over them more. Any suggestions to reply to their jealousy? I think I would reply very non-emotional and very intellectual in terms of help me understand what you were expecting, mom and dad. OK, I hear you. I'm so sorry you have been feeling that way. Hel- help me understand, like, w- one, why you're saying that, why you have that opinion, what you're expecting from me, what you're looking for from me. Like, let's be, like, really honest. I think it's really easy for us to be defensive. Mm -hmm. And still, like, sometimes if we call it out, people have, like, here's what I think. I think people are typically more capable than we give them credit for. Yeah. What's it like to put that back on them? Well, and
1: especially when if they are expressing themselves in a passive aggressive way, right? Or they are doing it with, you know, there's guilt involved, right? That we, when we have that level of communication, our initial response to it is to be defensive. Well, what are you talking about? Like I spend time with you, right? That like our immediate response is I need to defend myself in some way. And I love what you're saying, Em, that you're getting underneath the way in which they're expressing themselves and saying like, help me understand what's going on for you. Or like, I hear you're wanting to spend more time with me.
0: You know, what does that look like for you? Let's talk about that. I, it's so easy just to be like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, you know. And like, listen, I get it. That's the initial response. I'm not saying I'm any better. This is why we same. like to normalize on the show. I would have the exact same thing. If my parents did that to roll me, oh my yeah. My eyes would roll so far, they'd go to Jupiter, come back down, and then give a middle finger. So I get the reaction. And still. They clearly are trying to communicate something. And if you can break it down, leave emotions out of it, put it back onto them, you're going to get more information than just the eye roll and the avoidance because the reaction is also the avoidance. And let me just
1: say, if you didn't get this on the first try, if you were defensive the first time they came to you, you're going to have other opportunities. Don't worry. It's never stopping. coming (laughs) back
0: in another way. And it's not stopping, especially if you just react like that. Yes. It's not actually going to stop it, right? The avoidance does not make it go away. The avoidance gives us a temporary band-aid for discomfort that does nothing long term. And you know you're
1: still feeling it underneath the avoidance. It like it just weighs on your shoulder. And so it it really takes a level of differentiation to be able to say, like, help me understand what's going on for you. Yep. <laughs> you know, like. Help me. And a
0: reminder differentiation is the ability to respond and not react. Yes. And so if you haven't
1: done it the first few times they brought this to your attention, Give yourself time, grace, and compassion. You can come back to it. You can even Mm -hmm. say, hey, I realized I reacted when you brought that to my attention. I want to have another conversation about it because I don't think I fully understood what was going on for you at that time. Mm -hmm. You get to go back to it just like you would go back to any other relationship and have the conversation over again.
0: Mm. We only have time for one more before it's your Ebogen. You have to choose one. I know. (gasps) Okay, okay. Oh my God, so much pressure when
1: you don't approve of the way they parented your partner as a kid and compare them to your parents? Ooh. Okay, first thoughts. Okay. So I'm having a personal reaction to this, which I think is why I okay it up. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things to notice is where is your, whether it's anger, resentment towards your in-laws is coming up, really comes from a real love for your spouse and a real deep connection and, you know, a way in which that you wish that you could have kind of intervened at the time in which their parents were maybe parenting them in a way that has affected them in your relationship. Mm right and so i think that that's that's huge is that you see some of the things that you know have come up in your relationship based on the way in which they were parented or maybe the way in which they parent your kids and so there's a lot of that that's out of your control right you had no control over how your spouse was brought up your partner was brought up and i think it's really hard to be able to say I need to let go of the fact that I didn't have control at that time. What I do have control over is communicating with my partner, communicating through any struggles that come up based on my childhood, their childhood. And that's the control that I have. And that comparing your childhoods is not going to be productive or
0: effective for anything. Mm. I think that's such a tough one for many people to digest. Yeah. Because the comparison, I think, comes up really naturally. Yeah. Right? Like, without the intent to do so. But it's like, it's when it's all we have as a frame of reference, we are always going to go back to that.
1: hmm You know, and I we talk a lot about intergenerational patterns and something that really helps with empathy or like relinquishing some of that control or pain is being able to think about like, where did, where did this person come from? Right. That like the way in which your partner's parents parented them didn't start with them. It started with their parents and their parents before them. And so to really look at the intergenerational patterns and like, where might this have come from for them? Where it was their, you know, parent really insecure? Were they struggling in their own relationship? Were, you know, it can really help you gain a little bit of empathy, even if you don't agree with the way in which it played out
0: in your partner's childhood. Yeah. So what's it like to see your parents as the children of your grandparents? Yes. Or your your in-laws as the children of that other generation? You know,
1: unfortunately, this is making me think of a a real trend or a TikTok trend.
0: Oh, that thing. It's like when I talk badly about yes. her, I have to remember. Yeah, that is yeah, really I so cute. Love I love that.
1: That when I, when I'm talking badly about myself, I have to remember that I'm talking about her or him, them. Yep. And so that's, that is something that really helps me, at least with like empathy when I'm feeling anger or resentment is thinking about this did not start with this person. This person mm-hmm. is an inherently bad person. They were parented in a way that, that they really struggled with. And so they passed it down because they never did their own work. Mm -hmm. All right, you ready for Dear Imogen? I'm ready. Do you want me to read it? You want to go? Oh, no, I love when you do it. Okay. How the heck do you navigate holidays? Where do we even start on figuring out how to divide them between families? Already worried about Thanksgiving and Christmas, we get so much guilt from both sides and it makes me dread
0: Mm. the holiday season. Help. Which is such a shame, right? Because the holiday season is really makes us so happy and so wonderful. And oh, just never anything ever never. goes bad. Well, the same thing with the trip,
1: right? That like the expectation is like this is
0: gonna be wonderful. And for the record, this is me every fall. So it's so I think that's important because listen I'm like, I love the holidays. I'm like, why is it so bad? Well, well,
1: okay. So I'm Jewish. My partner is not, and so, so I don't. Much easier for you. I don't. Yeah,
0: right. I don't struggle. Tell us. Tell me about like what that's like for you. How do you navigate it's horrible. it? It's horrible every year. Yeah. So uh, highly recommend if you can marry someone of a different faith, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> really saves you some time and energy. Really works out great, right? It's really complicated. So one of the things that. If previously within my husband's job before he never got off the friday after thanksgiving so we always ended up doing it with my family by default because he didn't get a day off this year will be the first year that that is different wow and that is hard it's really hard typically what we do is we try to do both and it's horrible my our families live like seven hours away from each wait, other. What do you mean? So okay, so wait, you knew this. This so on Christmas. I think I black wait, it out every single probably. time because I just mm-hmm. um We celebrate for my family. We celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve and then we sleep and then we wake up, we do presents with my family, and then we drive on Christmas Day seven hours to have Christmas dinner with his family. This does not work in about one more year when our daughter is old enough to understand what's going on. It has worked out for now. But there is an end date in sight that this shit's not working anymore. I don't have a plan. Um <laughs> OK, well, so, some
1: things that I have heard people do is host yourself and then you can choose who you invite. That's there you go. Really that's that you can that's one. But also comes with its own stresses. But I also think that switching off every year, right? Like yeah. this year we do Thanksgiving with my family, Christmas with your family. Next year we yeah. do you know, Christmas with my family, Thanksgiving with your family, that you switch off every single year and you make it very clear that's what's happening.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really hard also when it depends how far you live from your family, but especially people who live kind of close to their families. Yeah. There is an expectation to like fit both in. And then we're not even talking about people that have divorced parents before fucking Christmases. Yes. Right. So like, I think it is incredibly challenging. And the hard part is, You are going to upset someone. It doesn't matter how well you plan. There is going to be hurt and discomfort on one side. So the thing is, sometimes it's about good enough. It's good enough to figure this out for now. For as of right now, the partner, the plan my partner and I had is good enough and it's not going to last another year. We're fucked. Yep. So it is. So I think one of the things that we're really talking about is how do you not put so much pressure on it being one specific way? I think the other part is, especially when you don't want to give up part of your own tradition from your family of origin, there's a grieving process of adding in more. To add in something new in another family, you have to give up something. And it's incredibly uncomfortable. And I think it's important to not just like hustle through it. But to like give yourself time to be like, wow, this like, really sucks. I'm missing Christmas with my family this year. I don't think that's talked about enough that mm-hmm. because we think about when you, you know,
1: have in-laws, your family's growing, right? Like you're getting more, you're gaining more, you're getting more relationships. But we don't talk about enough the things that you also have to grieve and give up. Yeah. because you're blending two families together or yeah. you're blending traditions. So I think that that's it's important to talk about because no one no one says when you're like getting married at the, listen this is going to be <laughs> So this is going to that be great may- blending families, but also there's some things you're going to have to give up. Like no one yeah. really talks. Maybe about Maybe wedding
0: that. officiates at the wedding should be like, and we just want to say like five dollar, five dollar. Who takes Thanksgiving? Two dollar, two dollar. Who gets Christmas? Right? Who Arbor Day? Right? Like we could do it like a really fun. Yeah. Our, how and much, much is Ar- Ar- how, how much would you say Arbor Day is? Fifteen cents. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, but I think that there is. Are you giving yourself space to talk about it? And are you and your partner? having conversations. And like like I said, like, this is such a nuanced thing because if you have one parent and you've lost a parent and that parent and you're an only child, there's such different pressure than like if you're one of five and everyone's used to this and people come in sometimes and not others and there's a big family, like I think it's really different. And so there's such a different pressure, yeah. which is why we can't speak to like, here is like the number one thing you should do, right? Yeah. What matters is you feeling like It's not perfect. And we're having the best for these conversations. And I'm trying to be honest with people. And also, like, don't be a people pleaser. Like, you can't overpromise and then take it away. And I think a lot of this, too, comes down to your ability to communicate
1: this in your relationship, right? Like, your ability for you and your partner every single
0: year to have this conversation because things change, too, right? When you have, when, if you have kids, if you have more dogs, right. if you're ha- right, like you've depending on where you're living, if you live abroad for a year, like so many things, so many things can factor into and everything. And so prepping and saying, listen, every year we're going
1: to have this conversation. We're going to reassess. We're going to say what makes the most sense for us this year, where we are. And instead of just like, you know, because things get crazy and you're just like, oh, we'll do the same thing. Right. You need to have the conversation, I think, every year to reassess and say what makes yeah. the most sense for us and our families.
0: Yeah. Yeah and i would recommend trying to find a vacation during those times if we could all just go on vacation that doesn't feel like a vacation it just feels like you're in a different right, right. it'll still feel yeah that okay. would be ideal um hey that was it for this week's episode of shrink chicks we cannot wait to see you next week we don't forget have low expectations of us we hope to um um <laughs> <laughs> just like, like everything you just should sign like that it. off every time, have low
1: expectations
0: of us. Have low expectations of us and then we can deliver big, right? Under promise, <laughs> over deliver. That's right. what we like to do here on Trick Chicks. Um <laughs> We always ask that you rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. You can watch our episodes on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, follow us at Trink Chicks or see one of our amazing clinicians at the therapy group. If you are located in California, Florida, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania or Massachusetts, we would love to help you with your healing journey with one of our amazing clinicians. And uh, don't forget, Jen, that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.